Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. I am your father. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I'm always gonna love you. I'm always gonna love you too. Expecto Patronum! We all believe we'd run into the burning building. Avengers! Welcome everybody into episode, God, I should really check before I do these because I always forget which episode it is. I think it's like seven or eight, one of those. Uh, we're back today. Very excited. We're doing another twofer, talking about two films today. We have a very special guest once again, but before we do that, I'm going to throw you guys, I'm going to push you guys over to my video review for the French Dispatch, which came out this past week on the Jack Lottery YouTube channel. So let's go over there and then we'll be back. How's it going, guys? Welcome back into another video. And today, today is another movie review that I am so, so incredibly excited to talk about because if you follow me on Letterboxd, you follow me on social media, you kind of you kind of check out my reviews early, which you can find on all my social media platforms. You know I've been on a heater lately. I've seen a lot of really awesome films that I have really, really enjoyed. And today we were talking about one of the films that I immensely extremely enjoyed which made me so happy because i had seen negative reviews i was very nervous going in but for me to come out really liking this made me happy because i was so excited to see this film from one of my favorite directors i love wes anderson he is absolutely incredible today we are talking about the french dispatch i am so excited to talk about this film. I really, really enjoyed it. And it may hit home for me more than others because this is a Wes Anderson film. And it is Wes Anderson at his finest. It is Wes Anderson at the core. And that is not for everyone because everyone doesn't know Wes Anderson. Everyone doesn't watch all of Wes Anderson. So fair warning before you go in. This is Wes Anderson to a T. This is Wes Anderson to his peak. Um, but it's great. But I think without further ado, let's just kind of get into the review. Uh, this is a beautiful film, visually stunning. The cinematography is absolutely incredible. And you know, going in to a Wes Anderson film, that's going to be incredibly well shot. The cinematography is always going to be top notch because he has, Wes Anderson has a very particular eye for shot composition and for blocking movement in shot. And he has a way of doing that that I don't think I I have seen from any other director. He has a very unique style, very unique sense of movement and placement within a shot that really is incredible and it is something to marvel at. Uh, you know, a lot of the directors that I love are very... I love them for their own ways, and they're unique in their own ways. But Wes Anderson, who is in my top five favorite directors, he's a different breed in the best ways. He he paints each shot like it is a piece of art. Each, each different shot, each different second that we see throughout a film is like a piece of art. And this film is no different. It is an extremely beautiful film. It is incredibly well shot. And that that's one of the the great things about it is that and you know that going in which 
I really, really liked. It's Wes Anderson at his finest. I have not updated my ranking of Wes Anderson films. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to make a video ranking his filmography. I haven't seen all of his films. The, well, that's not true. The only one I haven't seen is Isle of Dogs. Um, but I don't think I'm going to make a video for that. I will be doing that on my podcast, though, with a good friend of mine, Zach Pope. Um, I think we're going to talk about maybe our top three, top five favorite Wes Anderson films while we break down the French Dispatch, as well as Last Night in Soho, which I'm incredibly excited to talk about as well. Check out the podcast. Sorry, little plug. Um, but this is Anderson at his finest. You can tell that he has transcended having to make films a certain way, which he never did. Uh, he never made films a certain way. He never fell into a mold. But this feels the most Wes Anderson of any film that he has made. Maybe the Grand Budapest Hotel competes with that. But this is really, it's it's Wes Anderson as finest. This one may resonate a little bit more with me than other people because this at its core is a beautiful, beautiful love letter and ode to journalism the journalists and storytelling so this may not resonate to everyone it resonated to me because i am a journalist that's what i got my degree and that is what i studied in college and that's what i do is tell stories so i really loved that beautiful ode to that um, that may not resonate with everyone but for me that left a lasting mark because it he did show a kind of an accurate portrayal of, of print journalism and just, I, I really liked that. I liked that this was the route that he took and this certain, you know, just kind of ode in Love Letter because every one of his films is a love letter to something. And this was a love letter to journalism, which I really, really loved. There's no, it, it's no secret, any Wes Anderson film has a kick-ass ensemble absolutely brilliant performances same thing here across the board bill murray tilda swinton uh benicio del toro timothy chalamet francis mcdormand uh adrian brody uh, uh jeffrey wright just to name a few of them there's a, a bunch of great cameos as well owen wilson edward norton and a bunch of others but i hate to say it but i don't because this is who everyone's gushing about because of who he is. But Timothy Chalamet, I think, really was one of, if not the best performance in this film. I think, you know, and I'm going to talk about the storytelling, how the story is told later, but he is the main character of the middle story with Francis McDormand. I think that they have great chemistry, um, but I think he, he had fun making this film. And you can tell because he fully dove into the quirky nature of the role, quirky nature of how Wes Anderson makes films, and he made it his own, and he did it in such a way that was so excellent. He was the standout of this film for me, and he was absolutely fantastic. So I already kind of teased this story structure. Uh, Anderson, he, he structures a lot of his films in chapters, chapter-based settings and this one's a little bit different because it's it's more of an anthology where it's not the same story it's three different stories but i think that that was was very interesting uh a very interesting way of composing a film because i haven't you know there's a lot of anthology films out there but to do it from the point of view of stories that were written in a magazine like we were 
reading a ma this magazine, the French Dispatch, uh, was very fascinating to me. I really like that that's the approach he took. I think it was absolutely fantastic. And it kept me, it kept me invested and intrigued. And it kept me paying attention because ever so often, if you're in a store, you're in a movie theater, you're watching a film, you're in a story, you may tend to doze off. You may tend to get distracted and things like that. Each one of these, you know, it was it was a quick change of setting to another story that you're like, okay, little bite-sized stories, you know? And, and so it never got dull is, is, I think, the point I'm trying to get to. It never got dull. It never lost my focus. I was always locked in, which is interesting because of one of the negatives that I'll talk about later, a little bit of the pacing. Uh, the film felt like it went a lot longer than the runtime, but... That didn't take away from me fully investing in the stories. And that all has to do with the story structure and the bite-sized nature of these stories. Nothing was ever too long. We never lingered on a story that got too repetitive. It was always incredibly well structured. Everything technical here is great. Set design, costume design, sound design, all the designs, like I like to say. The score is awesome. I like the soundtrack as well. Um, but that's what you, we come to expect. I literally wrote it in my notebook, but that's what he does best. Wes Anderson's attention to detail is incredible. That's why his films are so good, and that's why he's one of the best directors working in Hollywood today, because of the attention to detail, especially with the technical aspects. If it's not for those technical aspects, you don't have a film. If it's not for cinematography, set design, sound design, costumes, editing. If it's not for those technical categories, you do not have a film. And Wes Anderson treats them just as important as the writing and the performances and the direction, which I love and I respect. And here, of course, again, they are fantastic. Every All the technical aspects are just so well done. Now with the good comes the bad, I do have a few negatives that I'm going to get into. There, there's, It's hard. I don't want to really consider this a negative, but I do have to do it justice. There really is not any emotional attachment to the characters. Again, it's an anthology of short stories, so therefore you're not really ever going to get invested in the characters. So I understand that, and I'm not going to like really ding the writing for that, but I did have to mention it if you're going in and you don't know what it's about. You may not, you're probably not going to get emotionally invested to these characters. I just want to warn you before you go in. There is not a lot of emotional investment to be had. And there is some pacing. So the runtime was shorter than like the last night in Soho, which I saw the night before. But it felt incredibly longer. And I don't know if that's just the fact that I was really completely locked in or the nature of the stories. I don't really know why. It just felt very long. So I did have a little bit of issue with the pace, but in the end, it's not. it wasn't anything so bad that I was like looking at my watch because I never, I never did look down at my watch. I was completely invested in, and, um, in, pay, in, in, in paying attention. But I was like, okay, when are we gonna wrap up? This is kind of long. So. There were some pacing issues. You may not like that. Look, if you are a Wes Anderson fan like I am, you're going to love this film. You are. 
It's Wes Anderson at his finest. I truly, truly believe that. But if you don't know Wes Anderson, this may not be the best film to start on. This is a film for hardcore Wes Anderson fans that know what you're getting and know the style. So I will warn you, if you've never seen a Wes Anderson film, this might not be the one for you. Start with Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Royal Tenenbaums, something like that, something a little more easier to consume. And then come to this, because this is peak Anderson, not just in filmmaking form, but also quirky nature that he is, which for Wes Anderson fans is great. I really enjoy this film. And I was really nervous going in because I had heard and seen the reviews that were not completely positive. Now, I have seen plenty of positive reviews, but I didn't see any that were overwhelmingly positive. So I did come into it a little hesitant, but I'm very happy to say I truly, truly enjoyed this film from Wes Anderson. So I think without further ado, let's get into the point breakdown. So I'm going to give entertainment... 14 out of 15. Thoroughly entertained throughout, completely locked in, didn't have any problem with that. Performances, 14 out of 15. Uh, writing, 14 out of 15. I'm going to give direction a 10 out of 10. Emotion, an 8 out of 10. That's this is that's the category that's going to be the most dinged. Cinematography, 10 out of 10. Sound, 5 out of 5. Score, 5 out of 5. I gave pacing, 4 out of 5. A rewatchability of 5 out of 5 and an automatic 5 out of 5 points. That means if you did the math, I gave the French Dispatch a 94 out of 100. It falls in my top 10 of the year, which is awesome because I really wanted to love this film and I'm so glad I did. Again, fair warning, there's not a lot of emotional attachments to the characters. There may be a little bit of pacing issues. And if you've never seen a Wes Anderson movie, I don't think you're going to like it. But for Wes Anderson fans, you're in for a treat. It is absolutely fantastic. I want you all to go down below in the comments and let me know what did you think of the French Dispatch. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Let me know why. I want to hear your thoughts. I know it's it's not a divisive movie. There's not people arguing over it, but it's divisive in there is a spectrum of peop how people feel about it. So I want you to go down below. I want you to let me know what you think. I want to hear about it. Again, I'm going to plug the podcast this Wednesday, I'm joined by my dear friend, Zach Pope. We are going to be talking about the French Dispatch. We are also going to be talking about Last Night in Soho. We're going, to we're going to be doing reviews of both those movies. So if you want to hear my reviews on the Last Night in Soho, you got to go to the podcast because I'm not doing a film. I'm not doing a video review for it. And we may also rank our top three or top five favorite Wes Anderson films. I'm still figuring it out. I got to write down my notes, but go check out the podcast. Go check out last week's podcast with Chris talking about Dune. We did an over an hour long review of Dune. Please go check out that as well. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. It really does mean the world. And thank you all for subscribing. If you have not already and you like what you see, please consider subscribing. It really does mean the absolute world. And for everyone else that is still subscribed and is still here, it really does mean the absolute world. But I want to thank you all so much for watching. Make sure you go like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. Go check out the podcast. The link's in the description. Have a rest of your day, and we'll see you in the next video. All right, that's it, The French Dispatch. I gave it a 94 out of 100. I really, really freaking enjoyed that film. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, we have a very special guest today. We're talking about two films. We have my good friend, my mentor, one of my very good friends in this space. Zach Pope is here in the house on the pod. Zach Thank you for coming. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for asking me. I'm glad I could do it for these two movies in particular. Uh, you know, Last Night in Soho, French Dispatch, both films that I really enjoyed. And uh, I think it's gonna be fun to talk about them. But uh, yeah, as always, man, thanks for having me. 
course, man. And yes, so like Zach said, we're talking about Last Night in Soho and The French Dispatch Day, two films that I, I'm very excited to talk about because I too enjoyed both of them immensely. I, and they're two of my favorite directors as well. Edgar Wright, Wes Anderson, two of my favorite directors in the game today. We're going to start with Last Night in Soho. We're going to go through that a little quickly. Then we're going to talk French Dispatch. And then at the very end, giving you a little teaser, guys, we're going to give our top three favorite Wes Anderson films. We're going to do a little, little quick little ranking. We're not going to rank all of them, but we're going to do our top three favorite Wes Anderson films. But Zach, let's get into Last Night in Soho. I want first to just get your general thoughts. What did you think overall of the film? Uh, so Last Night in Soho, I adored. Um, I think it's a little bit messy in its execution with some of the story plotting and characterization towards the back half, especially with, um, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, but Michael Oho. Uh, I didn't understand why he stuck around with Thomas and McKenzie. Um, I would have been out of there. I would have been gone. I just met you. You just screamed at me. Um, not going to get into spoilers, but uh, at that oh, one point, I, I would have been... Go ahead. Oh, spoiler? This is the this uh, spoiler podcast. When, uh, okay, then fine. Fuck it. Um, when uh, they were making out and uh, she starts screaming because she sees the ghost, I was like, I'm out. I'm, I, I would have been... I'm done. Bye. I, I, I didn't get the point. I, I didn't believe in their relationship. I thought they had good chemistry, but their relationship wasn't written well, but um, other than that, and some of the smaller things, I really adored it. And I actually think a lot of people keep talking about Anya Taylor Joy in here. And, and I, I, I would say the sum of her performance, it's iconic, you know, um, iconic, especially when you find out she's the one that's killing these guys. <laughs> um, and uh, but honestly, for me, Thomas and McKenzie was the standout in here. Amazing, amazing performance. I sorry to cut you off i cut you no, off you're good i one i have been looking for someone to agree with me on this point this is thomason mckenzie's film anya taylor yeah. joy while she's great in it she's kind of hardly in it she, and she and that's really, why i say she's more of a slasher icon in this if anything like she is a slasher icon in this and i couldn't say that in my review because that's a spoiler but like that's why i just say she's iconic she's beautiful she's really good in the material she's given but this is through and throughout thomas and mckenzie's movie she's amazing i do not see enough people talking about her performance like anytime i see someone mention this film it's like oh anya taylor joy is amazing i'm like did you get them like mixed up i know they i know she looks a lot like her especially as she starts changing her hair and stuff but like it's thomas and mckenzie's movie through and throughout like there's no doubt about that Thomas and McKenzie supremacy. I've been saying it since Jojo rabbit. I think yeah. she's fantastic. I've met her, man. I, she's awesome. She's super sweet in real life. Um, they, they, she actually came out here for Jojo rabbit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So she yeah, was out I here. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been a big fan of her since leave no trace. I don't know if you've seen that film. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. She should have been nominated. She, that whole movie should have been nominated. It was so good. Very underrated. I think it's an Amazon prime studios movie, but it was one of the first, real indie films i got an invite to a screening of and i went and that screening did a lot for me um in like meeting and like meeting the right people but like i really like that movie and thomas and mckenzie is fucking phenomenal in there but i think last night in soho is her best performance i i it's it's different than anything she's done before it's very outgoing which she's usually the shy awkward girl and she starts out like that but she really opens up in here, and I think it shows immensely how great of an actress she is. Man, I, I, I loved her in this. 
Yeah, and I would kind of agree with you because I have, again, I have not seen Leave No Trace. I actually have wanted to see it for a while. I've heard really good things about it, but I, I like, you know, in Jojo Rabbit, she is like a side character. She, you know, she has some stuff to do, but she's not, not really doing much. It's more about Jojo and his mom and things yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I think that this, she really does stand out here and she just does, she, she really does some impressive acting. Um, so yeah, let, let's pivot a little bit to, to Edgar Wright. I think he is such an incredible talent in the film industry today. Yep. I, you know, I, I think Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, he, he has a style to him that is just unlike anything mm-hmm. that we've seen from anyone else. And, you know, he loves the music. He loves writing around music and things like that. What, what did you think of, of, of this film from Wright's standpoint, the direction and, 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 and things like that? Because I think it's incredibly well-directed. At least, at least the first half of the movie, I would say, is incredible direction. I think mm-hmm. it, it, it flows really well. The second half of the movie is incredibly muddled. It's incredibly convoluted. That's a story for another day. But what do you think in general, in terms of just the direction and what Wright is able to bring to the screen. Um, so I love Edgar Wright. You know, I grew up with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Um, and Hot Fuzz is still my favorite film of his. I think his style gets a little bit too much in the way of this. And I think sometimes his style masks some of the weak writing um, in some of his movies, which I think is, I, I don't find this movie convoluted. I just find that this movie doesn't explore the characters to a certain depth that they should. And maybe that's just expectations. If I'm being honest, um, maybe on rewatches, I'll feel different about this, but like he's made seven movies and it's my second, it's my sixth favorite film of his, you know, Sparks Brothers being his last, which I enjoyed, but I'm not a huge fan of documentaries. This being number six, the guy has a huge filmography already. And I love his style. I love his directing. I think when it comes down to script though, and it's funny, he's not the only one that wrote the script for this and i am blanking on what the other girl the girl's name is but i think that was a needed layer for this movie especially some of the themes and messages it dives into um which at first i didn't know if edgar wright was the only one that writing this when i walked out of the movie and saw that a female had also written it with him i'm like okay that feels a little bit better in my eyes but some of the stuff he goes to in here it, it's it's kind of triggering. I know last night in duel or last night in duel, the last duel, the, the last duel had a lot of that thing. A lot of people mentioned that word, but I think this movie also has that same sentimental, um, not sentimental, but sen- sensibility to it that it makes it a little bit difficult to watch, but what I will give him in this. And I just rewatched all of his movies besides baby driver and sparks brothers. Clearly every one of his movies has a horror tone to it. Hot fuzz is a slasher movie. Technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, obviously a zombie film. World's End, obviously kind of an alien type invasion movie. And uh, Scott Pilgrim has some like weird tendencies with horror too, but not a lot. But this is his first full-fledged horror movie. And what a damn good job he did with it. Because the jump scares in here are very effective. It is disturbing. Um, the demons and ghosts that you see in here honestly got underneath my skin at certain points. The whole library scene, while a little bit exposition heavy, really like had my goosebumps going so uh and then like the whole the halloween party thing or whatever that was creepy on a direction standpoint this movie is spectacular and i think i think a lot of people will end up loving this movie without really thinking about the other elements of it that make it a little bit weaker 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I do think the direction is extremely strong. And just kind of hearkening back just, just real quick to, to the writing, I, I think that when you're tackling themes like this, I think it is very important to have a female voice also involved. And yeah. that was something that I was a little skeptical about with The Last Duel before I did the research and learned that it was not Nicole, just Damon yeah. and Affleck that wrote it. There was a, there was a female voice in there as well. Yeah, and I which think you that can... That is, fully tell in that movie that damon wrote his ben affleck wrote drivers which fun fact i don't know if you know ben affleck was originally cast as driver's character but due to uh certain things in his life and things like that they actually switched the roles um literally last minute too last minute they switched the roles like a month before and then of course you can clearly tell nicole wrote uh jody comer's stuff which is brilliant that that is think that that's... a very fascinating script that's one of my favorite scripts of the year um but again i think that's a big piece of it all and you know the the news that just came out that Anna de armis is going to be getting a um spinoff in the john wick franchise awesome i'm cool for it but i see that like len wiseman is directing it which nothing against him he's a decent director why is a female not directing this and writing this i, I i'm not saying you have to but like why not why not I mean, yeah, it's like, going to be a female driven female based film which is is everything i've read is it's what it's going to be in the yeah. john wick franchise why not yeah, and I'm not, and again, maybe Len Weissman made up the script and he goes, this is my, con-, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that to me. So it, it's just certain things like that. Like it's all fine and dandy, whoever directs them. I, I, I don't mind, but there's certain instances in there where I was like, and I mean, give him more credit to do Len Weissman did direct all the underworld movies. Kate Beckinsale is the main character in all those. So he can direct a female led action film. There's no doubt about that. So um, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it, it becomes a a sensibility that I think needs to be in there. And I'm glad Edgar Wright grabbed that, especially for, again, the themes and messages in here when it comes down to Anya Taylor-Joy's character. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, last thing we'll talk about with this, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit already, but but I want to ask you, what did you think of the twist? Did it work for you? What did you think? Um, so obviously you think it's leading one way, but then once you find out... I don't know because I figured it out a little bit beforehand. Okay. Um, and I think it was when she goes, if I don't come out of the house within this, like come save me or whatever going into the house, I'm like, this lady is Sandy um, or some way, shape and form. It's connect. Like it's an ancestor, a kid. I don't know. I just didn't believe that Sandy was dead. Um, in that instance, I liked though, and they hid this very well in the trailers. I don't know if they ever added this more into any of the other trailers. They hid it very well that she could see supernatural stuff. I did not get that from the trailer. I thought this was a time travel thing. And then I'm in, which like, I was talking to one of my friends who was like, well, I don't really get like the nature of it. Like they didn't explain time travel. I'm like, but it wasn't time travel. It's visions. It, like if you look into like um, mediums and people who say they can see ghosts, they say that this is how they dream is they they experience stuff that so you know i don't know if that's like the way edgar wright took it but i just i was like okay cool so this is like her sleeping and going through the visions which i thought was really unique um but i i dug the twist overall i i thought it was good i need to see it again though because i need to see the best twists are the ones that layer it out from the beginning and if you can layer it out from the beginning without it being predictable, but then you, when you go back, you're like, oh, that's clear. That's obvious. Like, like Sixth Sense and stuff. That's when it makes a really good twist. Um, what about you? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I bought it. It took me a sec because I felt like it was rushed. I felt like it was rushed at the end, but I did. I when I got there, I was like, okay, I get it. This makes sense. I yep. didn't. I, it 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 did surprise. I was not like I did not. I I I'm really bad with twists. A lot okay. of people are like, oh, I knew that like in the first act. And I'm like, nah, when some when a twist happens, it gets me right when it happens. To be honest, I'm trying to think of like the last really good twist. I think the last one was Arrival when uh, yeah. you find out like the whole thing with Amy Adams past and stuff or present or future, whatever the fuck you want to call it. it but it, time, it's like time travel. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like that stuff blew me away. Like that made my jaw drop. Um, but it's been a while since a twist is actually like, oh my God. Um, there is a twist like you've read dune right i'm not going to spoil a dune book but I oh just yeah wanna... I, read, I read the whole thing yeah there's a twist coming up in the second part about lady jessica um and the baron that i'm like it's gonna be pretty cool i'm all yeah up, so. i'm, I'm uh, yeah i mean i could talk forever about dune and, and dune part two but mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about today guys dune week was last week um but yeah so final thoughts on on uh, last night in soho i enjoyed it i gave it an 89 out of 100 mm-hmm. final thoughts uh, I liked it a lot. Um, it's just, it's weird. It's, I don't care to rewatch it right, right now. Like it, I'm not clamoring to go back to the theater and see it again. Like I watched it. I was like, I really liked that. I really, really liked it. And I loved elements of it. Um, but I'm not as high as I was walking out of it originally. Like the more I've sat on it, the more I've thought about it. Um, I still stand by what I tweeted though, that it feels like a fever pitch dream that you're just going into this madness world and, all sorts of things like that. And that's like the best way to describe it. Again, if I take out my issues, I still think it's a very entertaining movie. And if you need a movie to see on Halloween weekend, well, when this is coming out, it's past Halloween. But, you know, like this was a really good Halloween movie. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting this to be more of a straightforward horror film, but it, it really is. And I dug it. And I think in a year where we have gotten pretty unique horror films already, The Night House was a particular one. Malignant was very different but i i ate that thing up um antlers was crap but um it's what halloween it is, kills what it is. crap halloween kills was just fine it's could have craply made entertaining sure but not where i wanted that franchise to go um so yeah but yeah last night in soho it's one of the better horror movies of the year i would say yeah i really enjoyed it too but let's pivot what we're all here to talk about and listen about the french dispatch I will, I'll give my thoughts real quick. I was incredibly excited to see this film. One, because Wes Anderson is top five, if not top three favorite director of mine. It is a love letter to journalism, which is what I got my degree in and in, in, in the field that I love and the cast. Absolutely incredible. And I freaking ate this film up. I loved it. If you're listening to the podcast, you already heard my video review version earlier in the podcast, but Zach, what did you think? General thoughts. How'd you feel about this movie? I really liked it. I'm not a fan of anthology stories, to be honest. So when I heard this was an anthology story, and when I and I like Wes Anderson a lot, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest Hotel, and uh, Moonrise Kingdom are three of my favorite films of all time. But then he also has like uh, Rushmore, which is great. Isle of Dogs. So he has a great filmography. There's only one movie of his I don't like. And that's the Darjeeling Limited. I'm, I'm not a fan of that one. But again, I didn't know how to feel about this one. I'd heard some mixed stuff, like good reviews, great reviews, and some bad stuff. But again, anthology stories just do not work for me. I always, Buster Scruggs was such a tough film to get through for me. I hated that movie, and I love the Coens. I like this one a lot. It surprised me. 
I did think the stories got weaker as they went on. I still think the best story, my favorite one's Benicio del Toro and uh, Tilda Swinton or Tilda Swinton and uh, Leah, Leah Sadox, Leah Sadox. Um, love. I, I don't know how to say her name completely. Um, I love that story. I thought it was very entertaining and typical Wes Anderson. The next one was really entertaining with Timothy Chalamet, Francis McDormand. And I, Timmy just, this kid is the we're, best goddamn actor, like we're best get into, young actor working right now. He is the ne- he is the next Daniel Day Lewis. I I I do not care. I don't. He should have won for Beautiful Boy. He should have won for Call Me by Your Name. The kid just keeps acting, and God, please cast him as Harry Osborn because that would just be perfect. Um, but I really dug his story, and then we get the Jeffrey Wrights, which I think Jeffrey Wright maybe gives the strongest performance in the entire film but I wasn't fully interlocked with his story because I found it a little bit, a little bit too long, but the movie is fresh. It's Wes Anderson at his most Wes Anderson. And uh, when we look at it on a directing scale, it might be his best directed film set design, production design. This was the first film where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you can clearly tell. And I mean, every film of his is the same way, but every production every little moment on the set every little piece like where a cup would be placed or a piece of toast would be placed and the way that they have the the film it is touching it is beautiful and you say it, it is a love letter to journalists and it truly is and i loved that about the movie even if i thought the movie was too long um that was my biggest issue with it um but i still immensely enjoyed it and uh i liked it a lot it, it surprised me again not a fan of anthology stories at all yeah, I mean, I, I everyone already knows my thoughts, but but I think that that was, it it, it surprised me. It surprised me because I, I was in the same boat as you, Zach, where a lot of my friends and 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 people that I follow and critics that I follow had seen it before I did. I just am the last person to see every movie in the world. That's just how it is. I've come to accept it. Um, and I saw a lot of negative. I saw a lot yeah. of negative reviews, and I was like, oh God what am I going to get myself into? I, I was nervous because I love Anderson so much. And for me, thankfully, I ended up really liking it. So you've already kind of touched on this. This was going to be my next uh, point. Is this Anderson's best technical film? I'm not saying his best film, but yeah. from a technical aspect, is this his best technical film? I tend to <laughs> think it is. I think it is It is the most, the most hyper- what word am I trying to find? It, it is the most hyper detailed. And that's very hard to say for him because all of his films are extremely hyper detailed. Yeah. But I think that this to a T is his most hyper detailed film. And it's hard because you're going from different, different stories in different locations. So I feel like I think Do you know what is. the attention to detail is, you know, when it comes up with the pages and it says page 55 to 77. You know that whole thing? Uh, each of that is a minute. That's how long this, those shorts are. It actually fine-tuned to that. That's how that's how in detail that is. When someone uh, pointed that out to me, I think the rep did when I'm, I left. I, I said that it just goes, but, you know, fine-tuned to that point, it's tied, it's tough because I think Isle of Dogs is really fine-tuned when it comes down to like stop-motion animation and stuff. And Grand Budapest Hotel on a scale of adventure is huge. It's probably like Wes Anderson's biggest movie. But again, when it comes down to the smaller stories, the fine tune, every attention to detail, where actors are placed, where set pieces are placed, where production things are placed, 
again, just the one of the scenes that sticks out to me the most is the stupidest scene that shouldn't even. It's when Frances McDormand is eating like toast and Bill Murray walks into her office and like starts doing thing. And there's a piece of toast and a cup like right here. And the way that it was placed, I was just sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck? How in someone's great mind does, do they just pick those spots? That was a creative choice that was made. Yeah, but it sticks out. It frames it as a picture. And I loved that about Wes Anderson. Um, I know not everyone loves this type of movies. And I, I think the people who actually give this negative reviews, it seems like they only like a handful of his movies. I think you really have to like Wes Anderson to love this film. Uh, if I'm being honest. I'm... I'm just at a loss for words about the, the page minute thing. I, I, I like that. That's we are watching. We are witnessing a master at work right here. Like that, that mm-hmm. is, that is what we are witnessing. That is fantastic. And, and you bring up a good point too. And I, I was going to say this earlier and I completely forgot in space. The thing I love so much about Wes Anderson is you could take a freeze frame of any frame of any of his movies. And it is a piece of art. I had a joke to make, but I'm not going to make it because it's, it's a little inappropriate. So, um, okay, but you yeah. are right. That there, there's a couple scenes in here where I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I know what you're talking. Yeah, I, yeah. That that was a choice as well, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. This is, but- and let me say this: I always forget how. Like Wes Anderson has made two movies for kids, technically, Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox. I forget, like when he goes R-rated, he's not afraid to show nudity. <laughs> at yeah, all that's what we're talking he's, about ladies and gentlemen there's nudity in the timothy film. chalamet fans he's naked <laughs> well part. but we we don't really see him naked we see someone else full naked in yeah. this movie. and i was like well that's a choice that was, yeah that was a choice um but it it paints to the story i mean you didn't have to do it you, you, you no. really didn't it's bold but that's where wes anderson is trusted you know and i think he's already making his new film right now uh asteroid city or something like yeah, that which um, i'm incredibly excited about as well due to the casting so, announcement. yeah so um but yeah i i immensely enjoyed this i was very surprised by this movie i didn't expect to i went into this thinking i'll like it but i won't love it and i walked out i was like i really like that um and i loved elements of it so it, it i recommend it i i think just if you've never seen a wes anderson movie i wouldn't say this should be your first one i yeah. think you should really much see how his style is and then go into it because all of his movies feel long, and that's always been my one issue with him. Even if his movie's an hour and a half, it always feels long. But it's because he's telling such a wide, sparring story through each movie. And I thought this movie, by the end, it, you know, I saw someone say it was a spoiler when I mentioned that Bill Murray dies in it. I'm like, they set it up from the very first scene. It's literally the it's concept the of the, the film. Yeah, yeah, so it's not a spoiler. Um, Bill Murray was great um, for what he did. But Jeffrey Wright, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Benicio Del Toro, um, Leah Sedux, uh, Adrian Brody was great. I mean, the whole cast. Yep. There was not a weak link in this entire film. Yeah, we're, we're going to hop into performances really in, in a minute. I, but and you've already touched on the story structure a lot, like how you don't like anthology films. So so it, it worked for you this time, though. It did because of how to, to how it was structured and the stories that he was telling. Again, I still find, like, especially after how each story got longer and longer, um i really by jeffrey writes i was kind of like there's a lot in here and why i love the style especially when it goes to animation i thought that was absolutely brilliant i want to see and i got to give you a credit if you i got i got to figure out there's an animated film that's actually made in that same frame and it feels like a wes anderson movie but it's not made by wes anderson i need to figure out the um 
the movie's title because I cannot remember it for the life of me, but you would love it because it's like that. I'm actually going to start looking it up as we're doing this, but um, yeah, uh, that's probably my only thing is I just, I felt it was too long. It, I, I feel like there were certain moments where I would have cut out something or, and I know we all love Owen Wilson. That first story was not needed. Yeah, I mean, it lays some groundwork for like the town but like i don't yeah yeah i love owen wilson but yeah it's it's interesting it's very interesting because it's like a double-edged sword um in one part i was locked in and never got distracted and never felt like anything was going on too long because as soon as something would start to overstay its welcome it would end and we would go on to the next story which i i liked that structure but it did feel like it went on forever. And so I think that that is kind of a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. while I enjoyed all three stories for what they were, and while I never really got bored because as soon as, again, it would overstay its welcome, we would hop to the next one. It did, by the end, I was like, okay, let's wrap it up. And I do, I do think that the Jeffrey Wright one, while it is well done, I do think is my least favorite. And that's kind of, a beautiful segue to my next question. And I think you kind of already answered this, but of the three, which one's your favorite? Is it the first one? Yeah, most likely the one with Benicio, I think was the one I took to most because of the artistical nature of it, the the way that they shot it. Um, it literally goes down like his Timmy and then Jeffrey Wright, which again, Jeffrey Wright gives like the best performance arguably in the movie. So yeah, yeah I, I would have to say I like the second one the best. Um, because that one, I think dives the most, Jeffrey Wright's you could argue does as well, but I think that that one dives the most into the journalistic aspects. I agree. What was going on, you know, especially with, you know, we see the most of Francis McDormand's, the the story actually revolves around Francis McDormand's character heavily, where the first one really doesn't at all. Tilda Swinton is just. You know, telling you the, the story telling you the story and jeffrey wright is pretty much just telling you the story too he is involved in the story a little bit as well but but francis mcdormand's character is actively in the center of the story and i i really enjoy that because we dove more into the journalistic aspects of it um so yeah i would definitely say that the second one is my favorite and not just because of that and another brilliant segue i'm really killing the game right here um best performances in this I think Timothy Chalamet has the best performance. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because I love old, little Timmy Tim. He, you can tell, one, that he is having the time of his life in this movie. Yep, and two, that he is fully, and I mean fully, giving in, understanding, and diving into Wes Anderson's style. Oh. And that, it worked. And again, people are going to say, oh, you're just saying that because you love Timothy Chalamet. No, like, I believe it. No, he's the, be- it. he's the best young actor working right now. He's the next Daniel Day-Lewis. He's not there yet, but he will be one day. He will be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so- I love Timmy Tim. Yeah, but, but what, what, is he your favorite or, or, or do you think Jeffrey Wright is the best? Or what, 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 do, you, what do you think is the true best performance? Which is hard because it's a stacked cast. I, I'd probably see Jeffrey Wright. Um, I think it probably like if I was to rank it, probably Jeffrey Wright, Timmy, and then either Leia Sedox or um, Benicio del Toro. Even though they don't talk much, it's their facial movements, mm-hmm. how they discuss. Like both of them combined, like make that story so well realized. I thought yeah. at least. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. I, it's tough 
with a movie like this because one, it's not like it's tough because you go from like something like Dune, which is another huge ensemble cast, but they're you know there are people it's the same they're all in the same style do, doing yeah you know, and, and some stand out over others but like the thing i love about wes anderson so much is he gives enough time for every character to shine in one point or yep. another and so i i think it's extremely tough to, by the way i figured out that animated film finally uh right. if you want something that's unique it's called reuben brant collector it is fucking unique it is so weird but it's wes Anderson. like if wes anderson had made a 2d animated animation it would be this movie i think you'll love it, it. i think you'll love it it, it is very unique. so that's great i'm gonna go check that out anyone listening go check that out as well if you love wes anderson which if you've listened this far in you probably love wes anderson as much as we do um but yeah, I mean, Zach, before we get into our final segment, I just final thoughts on this. I, I gave it a 94 out of 100. I think it's in, it's in my top 10 of the year. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll probably get pushed out uh, because it's like at number nine. But what did you, oh, final thoughts overall? I give this movie a B plus. I liked it, again, too long for me, but uh, I still immensely enjoyed it. Um, not top tier Wes Anderson, but as directing wise it is but writing wise it, it didn't strike me as much but i understand why it did for you for the whole journalistic aspect and all that um but i'm i was thoroughly surprised by this one again not a fan of anthologies man but i really dug this but it worked for you all right mm-hmm. I, I i really i i really like talking about this film because it really surprised me surprised it's not higher on your top 10 list for how much you love it well i've i've seen a lot of heat this year seen a lot of heat this year a lot what's, of stuff what's I'm your really, top really 10 like. can you what's your top 10 I'm just yeah curious. i mean i'll give the top i'll give the top 10 real quick uh this is for everyone in the podcast you're getting an exclusive uh 10 is loki nine is the french dispatch okay eight eight is ryan the last dragon seven is shang chi okay. six is in the heights five is the green knight Four is this film I saw at South by Southwest called. It, it was originally called. Oh, Recover- I know which one you're it was, talking about. It's called Recovery. It. Now it's called Stop and Go. I don't think everyone's gonna love it, but I always have that one film every year that isn't that great, but I just love. And this is that film. Three is Mass. Two is Nine Days. One is Dune. That's my I like it. I guess I'll share mine too. Uh, Let's do it. Yes, we're getting yeah. Zach's top ten. Uh, Let's go. So my nine Nine Days is not in mine because I saw it uh last year so it was in my top 10 last year it ended i think it was my number two of last year you you, you were the reason why i was so excited dude i tell everyone to see that fucking movie i i, I, I balled i balled twice during that movie it's so fucking good so amazing uh my number 10 is Zack snyder's justice league which i probably will by the end of the year kick it out just because yes it is a new movie this year but for me i want to include something that actually is 100 new but right now it's my number 10 uh, nine is mass. I immensely love this movie. I think it's important. Eight is a quiet place too. I loved it. Um, I actually think it's even better than the first one. Uh, seven in the Heights, the soundtrack I listen to every single day. Six is uh, Eternals. We'll see how, how I feel on it. I haven't seen see it, it yet, yeah. so we'll see. Um, we'll see how I feel on it once I uh, see it again. Um, because that that's like the first time walking out how I feel. Uh, number five, Mitchell's versus the Machines, the one of the biggest surprises I have seen in that. years. It's going into theaters soon. They're pushing into the theaters. So, so uh, four, No Time to Die. I fucking loved it. I 
there's nothing more that I could even feel. I was so sad walking out because I knew that was the last time I was ever going to see Daniel Craig as Bond. Three, the Green Knight. A24 put up a Green Knight sword, a replica. It was $500. And I had it in my cart because I actually was going to buy it and waste my fucking money. Um, but it sold out, so I didn't get it. But that's my love for that's that movie. A, that's, it's called a blessing in disguise right there. Yeah. Two, uh, the Suicide Squad. It's the film I've seen the most this year. Um, I There's no other words for it. I saw it like 12 times in theaters. I was probably Ooh. half the people that paid for that film. Um, and then my number one's Dune, uh, which is my second most seen film of this year. Uh, I love Dune. It's a fucking masterpiece. There's nothing else to it. It is flat out one of my favorite films I've ever seen. One of my favorite experiences. Adapts the book in such a beautiful and amazing way. And uh, I can't believe that we are getting a sequel in 2023. I, I knew they were going I, to announce one. I did I, not I, expect it that soon. I can't believe that either. I, I genuinely do not believe that. I, I genuinely think that it will get pushed back. I don't believe that. He, so, says at the, he says at the earliest, they'll start filming at the end of next year. So every earliest. So I'll say this. Every interview I've read from that, though, that of him saying that was months back. Before okay. I think deals were made. Because this, this announcement was, they knew this film was getting a sequel probably after venice like it was months they just kept saying that i think they were like oh get go watch it in the yeah, theater. yeah, yeah. bring us because i money. think they still genuinely needed to i think it was like if this movie hits 200 million worldwide it will give it a sequel which it already hit 200 by the time it had come here so yeah. um but yeah so we're getting a sequel it's possible to do it by that day it's possible uh, I asked some production it's, people. I they just said it's that, they. Yeah, I mean the script's done. Rumors is the casting is already done. It's I'm, literally just making the movie. I am, and I did not want to turn this into Dune Hour. I'm so excited to see who they cast in some of these roles. Uh, I think Barry Keegan hinted that he's going to play Freya or Freya, Freya or Fade Ralpha. Yeah. I think that's uh, pretty sure that's going to happen. I would be absolutely shocked if it doesn't. Um, I, I'm for that. Because Denis also likes Barry too. Timothy's friends with Barry. I think it would work. There's a lot. And, you know, it just makes me happy that he is most likely going to be able to finish this trilogy. You know, he envisioned it as a trilogy. And uh, yeah, I know. do it. Now I, now I got to go read Dune Messiah. I'm looking at it right now on my uh, table. Part of me read. doesn't want to read it. Part of I me know, doesn't want to read it because I wish I didn't read the book before the movie I do because too. I knew I, I knew everything going in. It, it's it's literally the one scene they add is that opening scene of Zendaya describing yeah. the world, which is the most brilliant scene you could have ever added because it literally tells you exactly what the movie's about. Yep. And one of my friends, I guess, was late to their screening of the film. And so we were talking to them and he goes, I just didn't get it. I'm like, well, how didn't you get it? He goes, well, I don't get this. This, I'm like, did you watch, not watch the opening scene? It literally lays out what you're supposed to know. He goes, well, we are late by like 10 minutes. I'm like, well, what then, you yeah, fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah, That's why go. I said, go watch that 10 minutes on HBO Max. And then you'll, you'll understand literally everything you want us to explain to you. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I love it. I could talk about Dune forever. I, I freaking love that movie. All right. Before we go, Zach, I don't want to hold you up too much longer. Top three Wes Anderson films. Uh, I'll have I'll have you go first, okay, and then I'll give mine. Okay, uh, so my number three would be um, Moonrise Kingdom. I think it's one of the best uh, coming of age stories ever told on the big screen. I love this movie to pieces. It's it just makes me feel like I'm back in my childhood, and uh, I love it. Two, 
Grand Budapest Hotel. It's an adventure film that I would just love to go on. Uh, Ralph Fiennes is perfection in this. Tony Rivoli, oh my God, just even more perfect. And there's just something about the movie that every time I watch it, like Wes Wes Anderson brings a lot of the same cast, but in this one, like Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody as the villains, and um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Edward Norton as well. It's just so delightful. Sorso Ronan's in it. It is just a very delightful movie that I could rewatch every day. But my number one is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, I love the book growing up. And Wes Anderson created it in such a unique way. It's the one movie I actually don't have the complaint that it's too long. I actually think that movie is too short. Um, I love, even though it's like a perfect adaptation of the book, it's hilarious. It's fun. It has one of my favorite scenes of all film, which is the, what are you cussing at me? Are you, what the cuss? Like that is one of the most brilliant things you could possibly put into here. And it's just the stop motion animation, the detail. No one else could have made that movie. No one. No one, maybe Leica, maybe Leica Studios could have made it, but not in the way that Wes Anderson created it. Well, there we go. Zach's top three, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. We are very similar. I have Moonrise Kingdom at number four. Um, it like just barely missed my top three, um, but but I'll get into mine and we'll see how, how similar we are. Number three is The French Dispatch. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, come at wow. me, come at me, haters, yeah. I, whatever. It, it, it hit home for me, especially the journalistic aspects. I think it is by far his best technical film, directing and things like that. Love the cast, love the anthology. To a point, again, I I, I do side with Zach on it. I think it feels very long, but I still was locked in and really enjoyed it. Number two is Fantastic Mr. Fox. So I'd seen this a long time ago, but I did not remember a single thing about it. Rewatched it again this year. So this was, I consider this like my first time watching because- I don't remember the first time I watched it. I think it's brilliantly done. I've seen so many behind the scenes clips on Twitter of like the actors doing their performance and like how, how Wes was able to get these performances out of these actors. Absolutely incredible to me. I just thought it was, it was so, so incredibly well done in the stop motion. Yeah. I have such a respect for people to do stop motion because that is such a process. Like it's just incredibly done. Love the story. I, I think it's fantastic. Number one, Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it is one of, I think it's a feat of filmmaking. I think, I mean, I echo everything Zach says about the, the, the performances. I think this is, this is the most warm, the most warm and, and fuzzy feeling Wes Anderson film. And that's weird because it's like, takes place when it's like snowing and cold and stuff. But I think it is the most warm, welcoming Wes Anderson film. I think the scale, like we talked about a little bit earlier is the biggest, but I think that Wes Anderson takes that and uses that to his advantage absolutely brilliant film one of my favorites of all time and i absolutely loved it so pretty similar pretty close um, but i think that those are kind of the general generally loved wes anderson films i think that like the royal tenenbaums and you know i actually think that one's overrated that's my opinion i don't think it's as good as everyone says it is i was incredibly excited to see it i was a little bit disappointed by it but i did i did enjoy it for what it was but guys that's it uh Zach, first off, thank you for taking the time to come on today. I know you're a very busy person. I'm going to roll out the red carpet. I always say this, Sean Evans Hot One style. What do you got coming out? What do you got going on? Pitch everything to everyone that listens to the podcast. Will do, man. Thank you so much for having me as always. Just feel free to always hit me up. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I can, I'll do it. If I can't, you know, I, I will return. Um, 
Uh, what do I have coming up? It, it, the next few weeks are busy because out here we're starting these things called like critic screenings where like it's for voting purposes by the end of the year. So a lot of stuff we'll see, maybe it's coming out in December, but we'll see it now. We just can't talk, post or do anything about it. Um, so it, it's going to be fun. It's just a stressful time because I see a bunch of movies and then like they'll tell us, oh, your reviews can go up. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I never reviewed that because... I forgot I watched it or like, Oh, I saw that like a while ago. Um, but it's, it's a fun time. So like, I know I'm seeing King Richard soon. Come on, come on. Uh, Red rocket and Canto, um, all those sorts of things, you know, and then November's just going to be busy. We got Hawkeye. We got, uh, I feel like there's other things happening too, but, um, so and I started, yeah. So yeah, I'm always on YouTube at Zach Pope. And then I started a gaming channel called critics play games with Leo from geekly goods and uh, Christian from film optics it's a pain starting a YouTube channel all over again, but uh, it's the one place I can talk gaming. So when people ask me to do something about gaming, I tell them it's on there. If you want to listen or watch, it's going to be over there, which the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Go fucking support it. it I, is just amazing. Started play, I just started playing through it yesterday. Hell yes. It's amazing. I literally am in love with that game. I haven't had, I've only played like four hours of it, but it's, it might be my favorite game of 2021. I don't, I don't know. I need to beat it and see how the story is, but I, I'm in love with that game. There we go. There we go. And of course, Zach's links will be down in the description. Of course, again, Zach, thank you so much. Uh, we're definitely going to get you back on around award season and things like that to talk about all these awards and things that are going on. Might even get you in. Well, I mean, you kind of already spoiled it. We might get you in for our final one of the year, uh, talking about our top 10 films of the year. I'm sure that that's going to change. My, my list will change. My oh, list yeah. Change. Oh, mine will too. I, I can absolutely guarantee that. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, thinking about getting like a panel of people for the, the the end of your podcast going through all of our top tens and seeing That'd be fun. where we uh where we interact and where we have the same and where we have different so listeners of the pod if you would like that please tweet at me because there are no comments in podcast form so tweet at me um but guys that is pretty much it again thank you to zach he is incredible go check out all of his stuff um thank you for listening to the pod last week's episode with chris has been doing well i appreciate that guys um follow me on social media go over to my youtube like we just we're like at 810 subscribers if you're not subscribed like can i get to a k by the end of the year uh, we'll see um thank you all so much for watching listening sorry god thank you all so much for listening have a rest of your day we will be back next week with the eternals i'm so excited we'll see you guys later we'll see you next week